Hey there, Pop-Off fans. Just wanted to give you a warning that this podcast will have naughty language. This is an R-rated podcast, so please, please, if you don't like R-rated language, don't listen to this. Otherwise, you're really going to like it. It's a fun way to talk about Star Wars. Also, if you like this kind of podcast, then go to popoffpodcast.com and listen to the other Star Wars podcast that's there. We also talk about Harry Potter and Doctor Who and the X-Men movies and all the Avengers movies, so please go to popoffpodcast.com. Or if you're a big Star Trek fan and you just want to hear us talk dirty about Star Trek, then you can go over to trekoffpodcast.com. Okay, enough talking. Or here's more talking. Here's Pop-Off. Welcome to Pop-Off. My name is Justin. And I'm RJ. And today we are talking about Star Wars Episode 4, A New Hope a new for hope. the... It's it's Star Wars, right? Right. Um, do you know anybody who calls this A New Hope? Do you, uh, do you know anyone who goes, yeah, episode four, when they talk about this movie? I guess when you have to classify, I think. I mean, like with you, do, do, do people say Star Wars and you know they're talking about the one and not the saga? It depends on who I'm talking right. to anymore, but I would say that this movie is no longer Star Wars. Right. I would say that 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 I don't think anyone calls it A New Hope either. I think it's just episode, episode four. Episode four. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the original. The, yeah. The, the, yeah, the, original, the original Star Wars. Um, uh, but it's hard to sort of conceive of it as a single movie. Even though more than any of the other movies, it is. It is its a own single movie. Yeah, yeah. But it's just hard to look at it on its own because there's, you know, after after five other films and a TV series, yeah, all based on the events in this movie, it's hard to imagine this as as a single as a single film. Um, uh, we were talking before, and uh, I asked you. Um, this you came grew up in a world where there was the trilogy, right? Already existed when I was watching movies for the first time and uh how old were you when they released it again on the big screen in 1997 the uh, i must have been in i was i was in elementary school i was in middle school 1997 yeah, yeah. i was in middle school all right so so elementary you, school uh, it was elementary uh, school i was in i was Math in high school tough. i was not born <laughs> i was, was in college <laughs> i was in my mother's womb i was in a nursing home dude my memory is not so good but <laughs> elementary school um so, so for me, I, I mean, I'm like, we've talked about, I'm a little bit older than you. Uh, and so when I grew up, I originally saw uh, star Wars right before empire came out. Mm. Um, and I don't really remember that experience. I don't remember the experience of seeing empire. Um, I grew up in a world where I remember clearly that Darth Vader is well, spoiler alert. Luke's out, <laughs> spoiler Luke's alert for, st- um, for everything. Um, I, I grew up in a world where that was the case. Um, the, right. per- the first one I remember seeing was return of the Jedi. Um, I remember looking forward to it. I remember reading the book before it came out. Hmm. I, uh, the, like the color, you know, book before it came out. I remember, uh, going to the theater to see it. And I remember seeing it in the theater. Right. Um, and then I remember it sort of being on TV and I remember friends of mine having it on VHS, which I never, I never did. Never I never owned it, huh? or like owned, I owned other things, but I didn't own a copy of Star Wars, mm. which is weird because I'm such a fan. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, by the time Star Wars was done in 83, there's like, I didn't become a big fan of movies until back to the future. And you know, by the time I started, I didn't really start collecting VHS tapes of my own, probably until Batman. Oh right! Like on, when Batman like when, that, when yeah. Batman came out in '89. So you go you go and see Star Wars as like a wide eyed little kid, and you were like, "That was really cool," but you didn't like obsess about it. Well, yet. I had the toys. No, I obsessed in that I had toys, I had books and stuff. Uh-huh. But you know, the retail market at the time was not what it is now. Right. Like you didn't go out and own 
you know, price to own movies. Mm. Um, and it wasn't by the time Batman came out, Star Wars was a thing of the past. It's something that you liked. It was on TV. You watched it. Yeah. You knew about it, but it was done. I mean, Star Wars was finished. Right. Um, until the the home video market really kind of exploded. Right. Exploded. Right. Um, uh, I think before I owned a purchased version of Star Wars, I actually think I had a um, copy of a friend of mine's Laserdisc. Nice. Uh, that he mm-hmm. put onto VHS, which was my first experience in my friend Josh, um, who's actually listened to a few of our podcasts. Shout out to Josh. Hi, Josh. Josh is one of the reasons I do movies, man. Hmm. Um, he was he let me like co-edit um, the very and star in the very first like indie film that he shot on a VHS camcorder like after high school. Oh, nice. So yeah, it was so <laughs> it was that sort of where it all started. But yeah, he. Uh, he had, uh, and it wasn't even a projector at the time. It was just sort of a, like a, like a forty-two inch regular TV. But he had THX almost like surround sound in oh, his basement, wow. um, and you could watch it. Uh, you could watch the 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 movie mm-hmm. with the surround sound and that. And eventually, he got a projector, and then we watched it uh, that way at his house. But I really so distinctly remember watching, you know, widescreen and always hating widescreen when I saw it on TV until. Josh sort of explained to me, no, 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 no. Yeah, you're, yeah. This is what how it's supposed to be, and mm-hmm. this is how sound is supposed to be, and it's for, it's between Josh and Star Wars. I then became a guy who has you know a screen and surround yeah. sound and wants to do things that way. Um, so so the like, I mean, let's just let's just hit it then. I guess let's let's talk about where the world was movie wise. Jaws had come out um, by this point and had been sort of the first blockbuster. Um, George, that's actually that's where the term was coined. I read or blockbuster, Jaws? yeah, Jaws, and it was. I mean, maybe you already know this. This was new to me like a year ago. I read it is Jaws was the first movie that was like known to be. They coined the term blockbuster because people would wrap around the block in lines to get into the movie, and so uh, I guess some really unknown but intelligent newscaster coined that term, and it just caught on. Wow, no, I, I didn't know about that about like the definition. Yeah. yeah. Um, a little etymology for you listeners out there. So, so George Lucas uh, um, had done um, two films, had done uh, uh, THX 1138 yeah, and, uh, um, American and, and American Graffiti. And, uh, and people like to, you know, the myth of Star Wars is, of course, that this is a low budget indie film. Right. Which, right. It's, which it's not. Especially when you compare it to his first two flicks. Yeah, it is, this is a, a studio-funded film where he was given money to develop, you know, to develop huge sets and mm-hmm. new technologies, and it's a it's a film that doesn't look as high budget as it is, just it, because it's dated. You think? Uh, no, because it didn't have an enormous budget. It didn't, right. It didn't have. Okay. It wasn't Lawrence of Arabia. It wasn't right. Right. Um, but also, it's you know, at the time, there weren't like a ton of really successful space movies. Mm. You know, that's not something that was. You know, now it's hard to imagine a time where that's not something that you would see. But here, here you had coming into this, you had you know a space movie. It was Flash Gordon, is what people thought. Right, about, right. You know, yeah. and and so what George Lucas did for those you know who don't know, pretty much everyone knows this. So I'll get this you know pretty much out of the way. Uh-huh. Is he took basic ideas and myth, and um and you know stole from everywhere from the Seventh Samurai from Lord of the Rings really clearly from I mean it's it's practically the same plot as Lord of the Rings right you know uh, there's a a a, dis- a dissatisfied young 
agriculturally based guy who's who is set upon um, by a wizard who takes him off to fight the the evil evil empire that's eventually going to get him if he stays there anyway so he should go and be proactive in it and he follows the wizard to face the dark lord mm-hmm. where eventually he has to struggle with his own darkness you know it, it's i mean it's you can you can just line it straight up and go okay mary and pippin are are c3po and r2d2 right frodo is clearly luke you know obi-wan is you know i mean it's sort of all there but then you have other things you and know, then the laser into the Death Star is like dropping the ring into uh, the volcano. a little bit, yeah. There's <laughs> that a, just dawned on me. There's a, there's an element <laughs> to that, but he he stole that, but then stylistically he stole from Saturday morning serials, which right. you know at the time you know long ago when he was growing up they would have um you know you didn't have television weekly television to watch, so they'd actually have like twelve part stories in ten minute segments that mm-hmm. you could go every week to the movie theater to go see. Um, and he liked sort of that cliffhanger ish uh you know structure and they took his aesthetic from um from like old war movies and stuff so like i've seen how he storyboarded like the x-wing fights Hmm. and he actually took shots from um from aerial battle um like 19 like like early air air like uh what's his name not Charles. who is the aviator was that Lindbergh? that was uh, no, no. leonardo dicaprio y- yeah who what <laughs> thank you no his name um, um what's his name everybody knows uh hughes How- howard hughes yeah, yeah 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 so stuff stuff like that he took he took those shots and he just used those to storyboard the story- that's interesting um and he sort of combined all of these and created this this very lived in world um and he has always said that he imagined it as being part of six, although sometimes he says he imagined it as being part of nine. Yeah. Um, Depending on how hungry he is for money that yeah, day. I don't think that that's true. <laughs> well, I, I mean, we'll, we'll talk a little bit yeah, about yeah, that. And we'll I think have we to have, touch on that. But, yeah. um, but, and he came out with this story, which is essentially for anybody, I mean, if you're listening to this, you know the story, the story of, of young Luke Skywalker and and um, finding, finding out what's out there off his little planet and discovering that there is a rebellion against a, an empire that's slowly taking over the entire right, galaxy yeah. who is now the, the established legitimate government and, and he is part of a band of rebels against this established legitimate authoritarian government that he, he then you know, engages in, in a rescue of a girl and who is one of their leaders who has plans to blow up their big mega weapon, the Death Star, and then he flies and, and destroys it but there's so much more to it than that yeah so um i are you a luke guy or a han guy i'm a han guy always have been and i've always been a luke guy it's interesting but i've i've grown to appreciate luke and luke's worth more while i've started to take the movie more seriously as a movie and not just a piece of culture yeah like as a child like 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 we were talking earlier today like they were so inherent in everything that was pop culture that it was hard for me to see the movies as movies alone. They were part of the action figures. They were part that's interesting. of the, yeah. And that's what it was like for me. And it wasn't probably wasn't until middle school. No, it was probably when they got re-released when I was in elementary school, as we discussed, um, that I was able to watch them as movies and be like, this is star Wars. All the, all the other stuff is a byproduct of this. And so once that hit me, I was able to kind of analyze them as storytelling and not just uh, a brand you know yeah i guess i guess that's easy to see and in the same way now that you have to think of them as being a part of this larger story right um 
uh, I guess I mean the the first question is is um, do you see this movie when you watch this movie? Do you consider it as part of a larger story? Do you see it as a as its own film? <coughs> Excuse me. Um. Well, I guess again because like so many of us, the original trilogy was the original trilogy. I still see it as part of that. I have trouble making the branch from episodes one through three to this trilogy. And so when I watch this movie, I think about all the cool shit that's coming up in the next two movies. But I don't think about like, oh, man, that's kind of similar to the scene. And you know what I mean? Like, I don't go backwards. (laughs) It all rhymes like poetry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I feel like this film um, is of all of them. I have an easier time relating episode three and Empire than I do even this film right. and Empire. The aesthetic is different. The characters oh, are different. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, um, the sort of the way it fits. This film has got this clear beginning, middle, and end. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's such a small, it's so small in scope. You know, you continue your thought and then I'll- No, no. Can, yeah. The thing, that, the thing that got me when I- I remember this distinctly when I started watching these movies seriously as like a more mature child. <laughs> and yeah. it blew my mind finding out that the X-Wing scene, the, the Death Star scene was in this movie because I always like into all the big stuff to the other two. And, you know, honestly, structure wise, that's like the biggest part of the movie. Everything's kind of on a small, relatively small scale. And then when that happens, we're in space and we're like blowing shit up. And, and, like, I, and I'll honestly say that section of the movie almost feels tagged on. Yeah, I'll, I'll totally agree with you. That on like that. the yeah. entire plot of the movie is is save the princess. Yeah. Save the princess, save the princess, save the princess, save the princess. No, we they, saved her. They saved her. Let's go have a big giant space battle and blow shit up. Yeah. And it feels separate from everything. I mean, it really does. It, really it, feels does like, yeah. it feels like it should be the beginning of the Empire Strikes Back. You know, like, yeah. it, like they accomplished their goal. But of course, if they'd done that, there would be no other films because that's what eventually blows you away. So, is, yeah, is, yeah. Is there, that scene. That's where you see stuff that, especially on the big screen, it holds up now. It's like yeah. you, you feel the weight of, the, of, of what's going on. You yeah. feel like when they go into the trench, especially, it's all... Yeah, um, that still all holds up. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, I think that that for me, there's there's a couple of things in this that that there's always been sort of an internal debate in my head about whether or not Star Wars, the original Star Wars, whether or not it was um, truly conceived of being everything that it ended up being, and the two things that that really lend me to go, you know, there was a bigger thing in mind. Uh, specifically regarding Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Um, one is what Darth Vader means. Right, yeah. Dark father. Right. Now, I always thought it meant dark invader. Invader. Yeah, right. I always thought that. But now that I know that it means dark father, I was like, oh. Oh, it's so clear. Yeah. The other thing is when um, when Obi-Wan is, uh, is asked, uh, you know, who is Darth Vader or whatever mm-hmm. it is that Luke asks him, he you see him stop. He sort of looks off to the side mm-hmm. he thinks up what he's going to say yeah, yeah. And he's like darth vader was a pupil of mine who murdered your father before he turned right. to evil and it doesn't he seems there's a moment right before where he seems like he's lying yeah you and you brought you brought that up on a previous podcast so i went and rewatched it and i can verify yeah in uh, that yeah. scene he does he like it's deliberate there's a deliberate yeah. he's making a deliberate fabrication yeah 
And um, it's what's crazy. It's so, like after you mentioned it, I was like, all right, well, it's going to kind of look like that. And I'm going to be like, okay, I'll give it to him. It kind of looks like that. But once you have it in your head, it's kind of indisputable. Like yeah. that's like, was his motive. He know? is lying. Yeah. He is absolutely lying yeah. to Luke there. And, and it's clear. So, so we go there and, um, uh, the movie starts, um, with this crawl that originally just said Star Wars and then the crawl, and then in re-releases they really they added on oh, episode four, the title, A yeah. New Hope. Um, and then after the crawl, you have this shot, the shot of space, the camera tilts down over stars, and then you just have this massive, 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 massive ship comes in. Yeah. In my memory, it's more massive because of the beginning it's of Spaceballs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so now when the ship comes in, I'm like, oh, that's that pretty. Yeah. <laughs> um. And this is a film that, for me, shots like that, um, and and the the trench and the crawl, it all seemed kind of fun and quaint and stuff until the movie was re released in 1997, mm. and I saw it on a big screen. Yeah, and this it's interesting. This is a movie that the experience of it is entirely different on a big screen. Uh, huh. Yeah. Um, the crawl, for instance, on a small screen, it's just words. Yeah. On a big screen. Yeah. That's the words themselves are amazing. Yeah, yeah. On a small screen, just wait for them to get done with. But on the big screen, when the crawl happens, it's like oh. you're like immersed in the. Yeah, yeah. No, I yeah. totally agree with that. And it's the same way. I mean, because they all open the same way. That's the same way throughout the series. Like, yeah, that, seeing that crawl in the theater is intimidating. Is powerful. Yeah. yeah. Um. So so they start with that. You see a little ship. So much is told visually in the first two minutes of the film. Yeah. There's a huge ship. It's fighting a little ship, a little tiny ship that it physically engulfs mm-hmm. and then there is the ship is all white everything in the ship is white and then these these white clad bad guys led by this black these black and white bad guys are facing off against all these good guys who are dressed in earth tones mm-hmm. um and then i mean just the production design in terms of the the yeah. the black and the white and the use of color and and it's just it's it's pretty it's pretty freaking amazing yeah that yeah. that, that I think that is more than anything the the design elements of this film is is the thing that's made it stand the test of time especially with toys and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it makes you wonder how much is George Lucas's visual eye and how much was someone else who was on the because I mean, like the idea of lightsabers alone, like that's just very just the idea. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Just like okay, so we've got something that everyone can relate to is sword fighting. Like that's an, an archetype inherent in like every culture. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we have cool lasers on it that can seemingly cut through everything but each other, and that's just really exciting. It's just very tactile, and it. And just, then, and then when they hit the entire screen lights, lights up. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, can we credit? George Lucas with that? But the think, ideas? Or? I mean, I think that laser swords have probably exist before, fire swords. Yeah, and, you yeah, know, yeah. But, I mean, he did it. He put it up there. He's the one who said, you know, this should be in a movie. Yeah. This should be in a movie. And, you know, you should have sword fighting next to handguns. Right, yeah. You yeah. Know, that's, I, and I think that's important too. Next to spaceships. Right. Next to wizards. Yeah. And, you know, you I know. think that, that that is, it's it's the big, it's the biggest versus mashup of all time yeah it's just like we're gonna put everything in it everything it's gonna have a love story it's gonna have funny robots next <laughs> to powerful warriors next to you know pirates next to yeah. you know you know laser i mean it's just it's everything sort of thrown together yeah, yeah and i think that it's because of that 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 it as a as as its own thing has stood up for so long because it is really just like you watch it and sort of it has everything and yet it's still small 
Right. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I, I guess the inclusion of all that crazy stuff also suggests why it's merchandise is so successful. Well, yeah. Cause I think- like, I, I mean, I don't, you have, you have kids, I guess they're still a little too young to be able to gauge something like this, but do you think they will play with, and I don't, not to knock Lord of the Rings, but Lord of the Rings, very epic movie. Would they play with Lord of the Rings action figures or play no. with stormtroopers and Han Solo and all that good stuff, you know? Lord of the Rings is, is more difficult to to latch onto, especially at that age and for toys. And it's a more, you know, I mean, you what what are you going to do? You're gonna, you, you can either buy Han as the dark, or, or Luke as the dark Jedi, mm-hmm. Luke as the farm boy, or Luke as the training, you know, guy from Empire. Yeah. What are you going to do? Do you, you know, buy... By by stru- strung out depressed Frodo, <laughs> by 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 heartbroken Sam the heartbroken <laughs> yeah. Sam doll wet heartbroken Sam. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's outside of Aragorn and Gandalf. There's not there's you know, not much. Uh, yeah. You know, extreme sports Legolas. You know, that's, <laughs> um, elephant surfing Legolas. <laughs> Legolas yeah, <laughs> um, I guess eventually we are going to have to ask the question: What's the better saga? Lord of the Rings or Star Wars? Oh, I know my answer. What is it? Star Wars, the original for me. I would say Star Wars is the six. You, uh, Star Wars as the six? Yeah, here's the thing. I, I mean, look, I this is blasphemy what I'm saying right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it, we shouldn't say this lightly. Yeah, yeah. I, but I, I, I like it as a six-part series. I enjoy it as a six-part series. But, okay, let's go into this. It's like, what's the reason? Do you... Th- this is kind of a hard thing to wrap your head around but do you like the first three because you just kind of dig getting the background story to the trilogy you really cherish no as a matter of fact it's the background story shit is the stuff that um that always feels ham-handed and oh forced yeah, to me. yeah agreed you yeah. know by i i like anakin's story i like anakin as a character i just don't like the portrayal i don't like the acting mm. of anakin and i don't like his dialogue yeah. I like his story. It's like somebody adapted a bad screenplay of a good book. <laughs> um, it's how it feels. It yeah, feels yeah. like there was a feels like there's a great Star Wars story yeah. in the in the new trilogy that was badly adapted by somebody who couldn't direct, who cast a bunch of people who couldn't act, <laughs> and and had them say bad lines. But the story itself, I dig. You know, especially episodes, even episode two and episode three, I dig the story. I just don't. Yeah. like the the execution star wars on the other hand is the opposite of that. i feel like the story is so simple mm. it's a simple 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 story with with excellent execution and, and a very efficient execution and in characters that you can get into so um speaking of which uh uh you're a han guy after han i mean is it are you are you a vader fan are you oh on the li- ooh, that's tough you know vader vader in star wars like the original doesn't interest me so much as later vader he he's a he's a different personality in this he's, he's yeah i mean he's cool but he, he is just, cool he's, he's a he's he's almost smarmy yeah yeah, like yeah. it's 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 a, this is an amb- if this is an ambassadorship where is the ambassador <laughs> right yeah you know you're part of the rebel alliance and a traitor take her away you know it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's much there's there's he, there's more aggression there but he's do also you, do sorry go ahead i just my favorite line in the whole film though is him going i find your lack of faith disturbing <laughs> He's being a dick. Yeah, I mean, really, is Vader's just going like, like, look, check this out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it really feels like, like really, you want to fu- look what I can do? Can you do this? <laughs> I mean, it really feels that. Like, whereas later on, he's just sort of killing people with it. In this yeah. one, he feels like he's fucking with people, and he also feels like he's second string to Moff Tarkin. 
Yeah, a little bit. He's yeah, which is strange because he's like a god compared to everybody yeah. else on that yeah. little space moon of his. Um, and I think that it's it's, I mean, it's one of the things that changes when they go Star Wars. We meant epic saga, right? Yeah. We meant saga. We didn't mean a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of the one of the major character changes that they have, which I think they have, which I guess we'll talk more about in Empire. Mm-hmm. Um. But uh, what did you uh, like? What did you think of? Um, uh, there's so many. Like, there's so much to touch on. And we're already like 25 minutes. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like where do you go? Uh, how do you make a podcast about stars Star- without just going? <laughs> I like it. I really, it's I really it. think it's a good movie. It's so good. I enjoy it so much. Um, remember, remember when <laughs> the whole thing would just be? Hey, you remember when this happened? Evidently, if on on the uh, Total Recall. Um, uh, yes, I heard about this too. Yes, where Arnold Schwarzenegger is just like narrating the film as it's going on. So, th- so this is me. I'm going going into and I'm going in and the head. It's actually me in the head. And the head, the head is going to open up and inside is going to be me. <laughs> it's so good and like he's like this is uh, she is trying to i'm getting a little french here i apologize yeah, i but know it's just like uh, she's she's trying to distract me oh my god really french <laughs> uh, merci she is trying to distract me just get to the chopper <laughs> get to the chopper <laughs> bon voyage i am riding away on my chopper <laughs> um i well, I, I mean, let's jump into there because there are a few things to touch on. I think it's going to be where we spend most of the time. Look, suffice to say, when the movie came out, people were blown away. Yeah. Never seen anything like it. Um, I, the score is awesome. The The casting in this film is perfect. Um, the Just everything about this film really, really works. It's it's such a, a crowd-pleasing, even down to they get medals at the end and there's the, it's so happy. Yeah, good. So uh, let's talk about uh, what happened to this film in later years. Uh, And I want to talk really specifically about um, the 1997 special edition Mm -hmm. of this film and about one moment. An added scene? Um, No, something that's added to a scene. Ah. Um, It's when they're in the the cantina at Mos Eisley. Yeah. Han is on his way to his ship and he is accosted by uh, a small green man named Greedo. Mm. And uh, Greedo um, gets into an argument with him and says, basically, I'm going to bring you back to Jabba the Hutt and uh, he might only take your ship or he might kill you. And Han's like, I don't want that. And and they have an argument. And in the original, Han just fucking shoots him under the table. Yeah. He pulls out his blaster under the table and just fucking kills him. Uh, In the 1997 special edition, Greedo very clearly shoots a little tiny itsy pitsy blaster though he doesn't seem to aim it just yeah. sort of comes out of his it's got a crooked hand. sight yeah and just <laughs> and and han uh kills him yeah because uh lucas said he didn't like the idea of han killing br- brutally. in blood yeah now here's the thing the moment is awesome the execution of changing the moment is bad mm. do you want han solo to have killed him in cold blood um, now this is you want to talk about approaching sacrilege everybody says it's a joke Greedo didn't shoot first right Han shot first that's uh-huh. the, you know it's it's in the geek culture now so yeah, yeah, yeah. but do you want as cool as the moment is mm-hmm. do you want the Han Solo that you get to know to be a cold blooded murderer um, I, I get the concern but Greedo 
equals bad guy. Stormtroopers equal bad guys. He shoots a bunch of stormtroopers. I guess they shoot at him first. Yeah, uh, and he's, you know, that's in a, a sometimes in a pseudo military situation. He is sitting across from a dude. Yeah, the dude has a gun pulled on him, but it's just it is cold and he just doesn't care. Like he just walks away and he's like for the mess. You know, he just he doesn't Yeah, I but also how do you think he's dodged uh I get that. No, I get that, but do we want do, to see right. He's dirty Harry in that moment. Yeah, it's a dark moment, mm-hmm. and I will be honest when I say I don't, I do not. I, there, there's almost no version of that that I like. And boy, have there been a bunch of versions of that. Lucas yeah, has tried yeah, to yeah. fix that mm-hmm. ever since, and he did. Ever since he did it, the one thing he won't do is take it out. Yeah. Um. Uh. But do I want Han Solo to be the guy who just fucking shoots him? Right. And your answer is no. I'm guessing. I don't think I do. Mm. I, I mean I honestly don't I want to I want Han Solo to be the guy who is almost willing to but I I want him from kind of moment one to one to never be as cool as he seems like the Han Solo that I like is the one who struggles to get the Millennium Falcon working <laughs> you know that, that that he's he's trying to be cavalier but really he's kind of a dork should I get out and push yeah I mean, <laughs> exactly or or even at the Death Star where he's you know where he's forced to dress up as a stormtrooper yeah. and he's mm-hmm. you know a uh, boring uh, boring conversation uh, anyway everything's fine here how are you how are you uh, you know um i mean i want that Han. i don't know if i want you know yeah that's a very 70s moment that's mm-hmm. a very that's like the kind of moment that they would almost not do that you can't have a character that's so light later on yeah who's that heavy in that mm-hmm. moment it's a very gritty moment yeah yeah and i don't know if i want that you? Yeah, I mean, I definitely get where you're coming from, and I definitely, I could see why it's bothersome, but given the genre of the movie and the degree they're asking us to take these characters seriously in the first Star Wars, it, it doesn't bother me. It just, I, it's, I'm in it for the badassery as far as that scene goes, I think. I'm going to have to dwell on this yeah. because you've posed a question. Well, it's a, it's certainly, a, I certainly like the moment. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. I, I like the moment. I want like a different character to have that moment. Right on. Yeah. Like I, you know, I, I don't mind the moment and you're right. Yeah. There is, there's a ton of death in this film, but yeah, it yeah. never feels like murder. This yeah. scene feels like murder. This scene feels, scene feels like there's a guy who's talking to you. He's alive. Mm-hmm. You pulled the trigger. That guy's dead. Mm. That guy is now meat laying on a table yeah and han solo could give a shit about it it's different than you're running you're battling you're fighting someone's an obstacle you don't know them they're faceless this is this is a guy he knows he knows him by name yeah you know well yeah and i'm wondering i I mean like story-wise i totally agree but i'm wondering just other things that are going on here like it's not a human it's an alien doesn't have a human face yeah just there are things that soften the blow a little bit as a viewer but story context wise, you sold me. Like I agree, but just certain, like I don't know. It's hard to connect to Greedo. It's hard to see him as a human being. I guess. I guess my point is, is that I, I would not have put it in. I wouldn't have put that in there. That's not mm. something I would have done. I would have zapped him or punched him out or you know. Yeah. So, okay, I see that. Um, but changing it after the fact. I think, especially if you can't do it right. Right. There's, I mean, there you was know. no footage that allowed you to make it yeah. look like he shoots him. Yeah. He shoots at him. Um, so I would say that I think that the scene probably should be left as is, mm. as something that doesn't fit and as something that is a wrong choice for the film, um, which leads me into what Lucas has been doing. I think that, I think this, ah, come on. 
Um, and we touched on this before, but in case people didn't listen to that podcast, I think that there is there there is a faction of people who thinks that think that George Lucas is out there to make tons of dough by re-releasing the films over and over again. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he does. I think, and I think I've said this before, I think that George Lucas is the biggest Star Wars fan in the world. And he sees the same problem I I do mm-hmm. when he sees Han shoot Greedo first. He's like, that doesn't fit with the Han that I know. Yeah. I'm going to fix it. I got a problem with this. I got, I'm going to fix it. This is something I'm going to fix. And he has spent so much... Oh, my gosh. He is... Sorry, guys. Um, he has spent so much time fixing and fixing and fixing and fixing and fixing that he just, like... He's sort of lost touch with it. Yeah. And and I've heard that in the new release, that scene is the best it's been since the original, that they really have the timing of the shooting in the blu-ray you mean yeah hmm. i've heard that i've heard that it really seems like you get a sense that greedo's about to shoot and greedo does shoot and they kind of shoot at the same time hmm. um but it's not but when it first came out it was like, Bam. Yeah. you know it was it was pretty bad um did you see the re-release when it came out i did i saw um well i wonder if i if i saw the first star wars when it came out uh the re-release came out but i know i saw the other two um, on and ja- we, on January thirty first, nineteen ninety seven, is that you have it memorized? You know why? Tell me. It was the day before I got married. Oh, and so I had my entire wedding party, and there was a blizzard that was about to happen. Mm-hmm. And the nearest really good movie, there was a movie theater nearby, but I wanted to go see it in a really good theater. We drove mm-hmm. an hour and a half in like upstate New York, right, in the middle of January, <laughs> with a whole bunch of people coming from out of town, yeah, to go see Star Wars. Nice, and we were late to the wedding rehearsal <laughs> because that was my that was my bachelor party yeah my bachelor party was, was going to see star going wars. to see star wars i respect that um and i think it was a fine bachelor party i think it was it was <laughs> i'm i'm happy that that was the case yeah and, and i i mean i'm such a fan of the films that's you know that's what it means to me and i you know then seeing empire and jedi just seeing them on the big screen which i you know even though i saw jedi you know it was an 83 mm. you know i would i didn't have much of a memory of it now I just remember sitting there just going, whoa. Yeah. I get it. Like when I saw the crawl, I understood. Yeah. I was like, oh. And then the then the scene in the trench, I went, oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is different. This is like being on a roller coaster. Okay. Yeah. I get this now. You? Yeah. No, I totally agree. It was also like those just the scale of the cinematography as a whole like and uh, again i don't remember if i saw this one in theaters but i can imagine that first reveal on tatooine when luke comes out and looks up at the sunset and just like i don't know i can imagine that was probably a pretty powerful moment i don't and the music swelling up and everything and yeah um i do want to bring this up since you brought up the han shot greedo shot yeah first what did you think about the added uh, Jabba scene? Well, I had seen the Jabba scene with the guy uh-huh. before. I I had seen that cut scene before. Where um, what was that? Where was that before? It was, I think it was on a Laserdisc special edition. Oh, it? Like right like on. it was it was in the the special features of a Laserdisc. Right. Um, uh, and by the way, the best versions out there, if you want the original versions, you know they they released the original versions, but they released them in mono. Like mm. the way that you would have originally seen yeah, them, yeah. Um, and the there were these laser disc versions of the movies, both pre-release, but in five point one, and they haven't released that. Right, 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 right. 
and it's there. I mean, all the pieces are there. Mm. I don't understand why they don't release that because I think people would like that. I do want to, because we're going to be talking about these movies, I do want to recommend this documentary I just recently watched, um, uh, The People versus George Lucas. Okay. And it's- uh, Where, Where'd you watch it? Was it on Netflix? It was on iTunes is where I found it. I mm. think you can, it's not on streaming on Netflix, but I think you can get the disc. But is that, how long is it? It's like- it's like an hour and a half. It's a feature length documentary. Really? Yeah. And I mean, it does a few things really, really well. Other things, it's just like a bunch of nerds bitching about something they really love, much like this podcast. <laughs> not bitch. I think this is a love fest. Yeah, that's fest, true. This man. is a love this fest. Is, no, yeah, man. Yeah. Um, but I would, I would highly recommend that documentary because it also kind of tries to delve into the psyche of George Lucas and tries to figure out certain motivations for things and that, that it does really, really well. So does anybody come up with the same conclusion I do that, that he just, he can't, he's never done. They it's, kind yeah, they kind of hint to being plagued it, like the curse of star Wars is what they yeah. kind of refer to it as. And uh, just maybe not so much that he, I guess it would be similar the way you explained it. It's just like, he never feels done with those movies and he wants to keep on, improving and he's chasing after something he yeah, might the, never be able to get well <laughs> he i mean he's he's now in some cases done more damage than good yeah um uh and yet there are things he won't fix the fucking boxes around the around the tie fighter so, yeah, yeah. like dude come on yeah you'll replace puppet yoda but you won't <laughs> uh, you won't fix the boxes when ah yeah um well let me ask you um and i i'll ask it here because otherwise i'll be asking in the next two podcasts um so how do you feel about him fixing Star Wars about, you know, is that something is uh, about the, the morality almost of, of yeah. doing it? Um, how do you feel about that? And I want to, again, give credit to this documentary because this is a point they posed is that they asked who owns Star Wars when Star Wars becomes so, so present in your culture who owns star Wars and sure George Lucas has a legal right to keep changing these things, but does he have, like you said, a moral right to keep changing these things that people hold so dear? Um, You know, I think at one point he came out against colorization, right? Yeah. They referenced that. Um, It was, someone was trying to colorize like, uh, like it's a wonderful life or something, something like that. Yeah. And he, he was firmly against changing something that is, is important for the movie, but also in a historical context. So you understand the context in which that movie set and things like that. Yeah. And that was his point. And I mean, could you say he's being hypocritical by changing his star Wars movies or does he want, does he consider the trilogy and the saga to be something he wants to be timeless? Like maybe it, it shouldn't be dated. Maybe he doesn't want it to be dated and that's why he keeps doing things like this. Now I, here's the, the question I'm going to pose. Um, does he have a right to do it to Empire and Jedi? Since they aren't technically his movies. He did not mean? direct them. Yeah. Um, and he didn't write them. Right. He wrote, he, he wrote the story and he produced them mm-hmm. and certainly had a huge hand in them, but they are they are the most different than the other four yeah. in, the, in their pacing and in their writing and in the snappiness of their dialogue. Yeah. And there's certainly, I think that Empire and Jedi have the best scripts of all six Star Wars yeah. movies. And they don't they don't suffer from a lot of the hokiness mm-hmm. that that I would say episodes one two three and four all have. Two. Yeah, I mean especially for because I want to bring this up too. Some of the shit that he added just seemed like I, maybe we have talked about this before, but uh, in Tatooine when the panning shot starts on these 
bickering robots. Do you remember that? Yeah. yeah. Like stuff like that. I, I feel offended by, I feel like, and it's so dumb for me to feel this way, but it offends me because it feels like he thought he had to mask this kind no. of goofy kids movie with a joke. That's also very offensive, you know? <laughs> so like, I, I don't know. And I see why people who grew up with the original movies, um, get really hurt by it and really offended by it. Cause it's almost like him saying he, it's almost like him saying these movies that you really, really dug and were really awesome are no good. They're shit. They need to be better. Yeah. I mean, there, there is, there's an element of feeling like, like regarding star Wars that it's a movie that, maybe you need to like it warts and all yeah like because here's the thing about it it is a movie where the sets look a little cardboard Mm -hmm. and it's a movie where the budget shows and it's a movie where not all the acting is quite par and and it's a movie where look when luke is being attacked by a sand monster you know or by a a sound person yeah or i guess tuscan raiders the other thing they're called right when they don't have enough footage for it they just take the footage and and wind it back and forth (laughs) you know it is a scene where they didn't get ADR for everybody and and people are you know sometimes they sound like they're in a room yeah um I uh, maybe you gotta like it for that maybe mm-hmm. you gotta go you know what this is what it is and enjoy it for yeah. for what it is and then enjoy the other Star Wars movies for what they are yeah um because if you go okay well we're gonna you know it was hampered by its budget and it couldn't have the scope of everything Luke, Lucas wanted to have and so by adding other little shit to go, look at all this scope. Yeah. It, you know, when they have to do a wide, super mega wide shot of of Tatooine, I just sort of feel like, I, I feel like it doesn't fit. Mm-hmm. And you can't cover up all of it. Unless you remake the film, you can't cover yeah. up all of it. And the more, the, the specialist edition stuff that's in there feels different than the than the movie well the truly ironic thing about it is we're looking at 90 1997 computer graphics and it doesn't look good and it looks more dated than the shit that they shot in the 70s yeah and that's the that's the tragic part of the whole thing and you know what 10 years from now we're gonna look back well i think on the blu-ray they updated it though i think it's all right right but what i'm saying in 10 years from now we're gonna look at that and feel the same way i don't know if that's true i think i think that we are i think that we are at the point where photorealism is almost entirely there. Um, and except for like little nuances on eyes and stuff. But I think after seeing things like, like even just a couple of years ago, like Beowulf, I feel like you, they've gotten to the point where it looks, but that's also when it's totally immersed yeah. in its own world. I would say the, the, for me, the most convincing CG I've seen was in that, uh, district nine, I think. Yeah. And it was so much lighting and reflection and th- there's just so much stuff to get in. And, it's interesting because you can throw the budget at it, but it seems to, I don't know much. My, my fiance does animation and she's in school for computer animation. And I, that's, I, that's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> Filmmaker. There you go. Um, yeah, no, I mean, that's really good. Oh, anyway, go on. Well, and it's just, it's starting to seem to me that even though I can see, I can, I can be in a world where I see district nine and that looks so real. And then like at the same time, I don't know. I can't think of a, counterpart but well i will say this about star wars and i would say this about the new star wars movies mm-hmm. it seems sometimes like there's so much shit that they're doing that they didn't quite spend enough time on it right that might be true there's there true. it seemed like there's so much being thrown at the screen that there there are movies that came out the same year as like episode three right that i go episode three is not the best 
the best seat. Now, the other thing is some of it's really hidden. I'll say this about episode one, especially episode one. Episode one did it the best of all of it, where they built sets only as tall as the actors. Right, right. And then they did set completion Mm -hmm. digitally. And I would say episode one feels as real as that. The Tatooine scenes feel as real as as episode four because they, when the actors are standing next to sets, you know, they, um, I would say that episodes two and three and don't, but I think that ultimately that even this against Empire and Jedi, it just feels this. The stuff looks plastic. It yeah. just does. It just it. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. And I and I I feel like the more you alter it, the 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 more the other stuff shines out as being lower budget. Yeah. Um, when I first started making Ninjas versus Zombies, I got a par- a, a program called Particle Illusion. Um, that was like a $150 program that really has some neat looking stuff that's yeah. been like on like Buffy and, and Star Trek mm-hmm. and stuff. And uh, I, the very first movie I made when I was in college, um, I decided to throw in some effects on them, on it. And I shot it on VHS. And I put the, I digitized it and I, I put the effects onto it. And I'll be honest, they're, they're cool, uh-huh. but they so don't belong there. <laughs> they make everything else in the movie look cheaper. Yeah, interesting. And I feel like that's what the the updates visually do to Star Wars. Mm. Um, uh, and I feel like there's a, there's a part of it that it's almost a shame that this little movie is part of this other saga mm. because on its own, it's a good little film. Yeah. It's a good, exciting little film. It's, it's a very nearly a perfect little movie. Um, but it's, you know, it, it gets hampered by all the other things going on. It's, it's one of those things that now every, every little reference in that movie has been explained now. Right. You understand all of it. You understand the clone wars. You understand what everything is. You understand who Vader is. Like every question has been answered. And most of those answers are kind of disappointing when you compare it to all the mystery that you kind of built up. Sometimes you don't want questions answered, you know? Well, and I think that instead of the movie feeling like this little movie that exists within this very lived-in three-dimensional world, now I feel like it's a world that has this clear beginning, middle, and end. Right. And I don't feel like it's a world necessarily I want to live in anymore because, you know, you don't feel... When you get to episode one, Mm -hmm. you don't feel like it's a world in progress. Um, Episode two gives some hints to some stuff before episode one. Right. Um, but you don't really get the sense that you're this world's going on and you're just popping it. Right, right. Um, and by the time Jedi ends, you also don't like I've read the Timothy Zahn novels that came after this, mm-hmm. um, and they've done a really good job with the extended universe. I'll give it to them that they've done some really awesome things with the extended universe on on the Star Wars books. But you really feel like the story's over after Jedi, right? And so this movie is sort of this anomaly that it when it was done. The bad guys weren't all destroyed. The Empire wasn't like you. You blew up a ship. You blew yeah. up a spaceship out of an, an Empire Starfleet. Yeah. And I think that it's, you know, I, I feel like this movie suffers from having to be compared to the rest of the saga. Yeah. Do you think that one day somebody could remake Star Wars? Like reboot it? Remake it from the ground up. It's, you recast it. You shoot it with today's. You get the, you know, the let's say. Lucas allows her, or let's say, you know, God forbid, you know, George Lucas passes away, and mm-hmm. let's see, let's oh, let's say he passes away in fi- let's say at least fifty more years, you know, the, the he'd be older than a hundred at that point, right? You know, so let's say at some point, you know, when I'm an old man, mm-hmm. um, uh, Star Wars, you know, Lucas is no longer in control, 
Um, does he like? Could somebody go in and go, okay, this is the redefined, yeah, Star Wars? Could it be done? I would not be surprised. I mean, especially if current market uh, or like film market trends continue, you know. I I wouldn't be surprised, and I would I would be first in line to see that movie. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 funny, but I like. Do I want it to be de- like? Do I want a redesigned Darth Vader, or do I want Darth Vader's hokey plastic helmet to continue to always be a hokey, hokey plastic? Yeah. It's, it's a plastic helmet. Yeah. It never looked like anything except. A, it doesn't look like it's made of metal. It looks like a plastic helmet. Yeah. You know, it looks like a vacuum-formed plastic helmet. It got it got a lot shinier uh, by Jedi. By Jedi. By Jedi, it's so shiny. It's yeah. Like, you, like it, it's like whoa. Like you spend a lot of time. I'm just saying that Vader spends a lot of time buffing his helmet. And you can, <laughs> That's what that little egg thing is. It's just a helmet buffer <laughs> that he's. <in. laughs> um. Uh. Wow. You know, it's this is one of the shortest podcasts we've done, but it's it's so much easier to take a film and pick apart all its problems. Right. Yeah. Um. Uh, I think that this film is is ultimately it's just fun. Um, I watched it with my son, oh, with my cool. five year old, and he really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And he wants to go on to Empire, and I think that he can. I think Empire's fine. I think Jedi gets a little dark, but yeah, yeah. Um, but also has Ewoks, which I think he'll like. So, mm-hmm. so we, I think he'll make it through it. Um, uh, I of course made him turn his head when Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru died, and mm-hmm. their skeletons are on the ground. I was like, yeah, it's a little. You know, it's a little mm-hmm. rough, but I think that, like, as an adult, I don't know that adults could, like, I wonder if, there, if there's a generation of people who's still grown up on Star Wars who could sit down and watch this film. I will say that I know more than one younger person who said, well, I don't like the old ones. Really? Yep. Huh. Yeah, they don't like, these look like 70s and 80s movies. They don't look as slick. The acting styles are different. It's much more presentational. Yeah. It's smaller in scope. It doesn't. It doesn't hold up against the bigness. Yeah. And these are, you know, keep in mind that the new films, you know, and this bums me out a little, the the films that everybody loves, that like people go in droves to see are Transformers. Yeah. And Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, two, three, and four, I actually really like the first one. Yeah, um, the first one's great. I actually don't hate the third one either, but like like, like the films that, that people are going out and, and these kids are being raised on and teenagers are being raised on are those. And I'd say that those bear a striking resemblance to the to the new trilogy. Mm, it's yeah. big, it's loud, the characters are three-dimensional, the dialogue is bad, nobody cares about the acting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think that these films to them seem just like something else. Yeah. Like a, a product of their time. Yeah, yeah. I it's interesting because I have a trouble I, I had trouble in uh like film analysis classes in college uh connecting to some of the older movies let's go a few more decades further than uh the 70s when it was when it felt literally like a play being filmed and i had a disconnect there but if i could get myself in the mode i could really appreciate them and understand and there was a hurdle i had to get back maybe these kids kind of feel the same way as you have to leap over a hurdle in order to get into the original trilogy. by the way can i can i give some mad props to two films that, sure yeah that, um Hopefully they're listening at home. Uh, no, they're not, because everybody <laughs> for these two films are dead. Um, uh, but I, I do want to say, maybe they're listening from heaven. <laughs> um, I, I do want to say that, given that you're right, a lot of the films seem like plays. A lot of them seem mm-hmm. just on, on really bad sets, where it's just like they're they're like, you know what? Suspend your disbelief. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. film, you know, this film is it's a movie, um, and yet, 
huge props to the Wizard of Oz and uh, and um, It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, yeah, yeah. Two films that, yeah, there are aspects of them that are dated, but those worlds seem, especially It's a Wonderful Life, it never seems like it's on a set. Yeah. It never, it's, it, I would say It's a Wonderful Life, yes, it's over-sentimental, yes, there are lots of parts about it that are, that are an anathema to, to the way films would be made today, yeah. but... But goodness gracious, if that film does not feel like it could have been written and shot now. Now, yeah, exactly. Um, and and the aesthetic never feels like it's just shooting a play. Right. It's you know the shots are shots that we are used to now. The 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 standard you know you know wide middle yeah, close yeah, you know um you know the the knowing when to pull the camera back, knowing when not to say the words. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. You know and uh, and just a fucking kick-ass performance. Oh God. Um, uh, I Jimmy. I I would say as we go into the holiday season, and I, maybe we save that for the next podcast because that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's something I want to talk about. Yeah. Um, but um, but in terms of Star Wars, I feel like Star Wars the original the, the original Star Wars. Um, look, I can't call it a new hope. Isn't that weird? <laughs> I feel like I feel like Star Wars Episode Four um, fits into that. What you were just saying, like it seems like you're filming a play sometimes. Yeah, if the, the the sets feel like built sets. The the characters seem like guys in rubber masks. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it doesn't. It is not trying to look realistic. It is what and Greedo is like. That's why you didn't need to make the Ewoks blink. We'll get there. Yeah. Um, especially since, especially since um, I got a Blu-ray, um, a, a Blu-ray player for one of my computers, um, and uh, I am begging my um, my lovely wife. I said, "Listen, the only thing I want for Christmas <laughs> is Star Wars: The Complete Saga on Blu-ray. I don't need anything else. Like, don't give me anything else. Yeah. Unless you want to get me some, like I have a few more seasons of Star Trek to buy. Although now I feel silly doing it because they're just going to release it all on Blu-ray. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, I do want the complete saga. I do want to watch it. And I'm I go, coming over the day after Christmas. By the way, you if are you get it. Really, you are. <laughs> yeah, we're going to sit down and have a marathon. <laughs> I would do it. I I normally do a Lord of the Rings marathon uh, the week after Christmas. Just oh, really? Personally, I, I do. And when I say marathon, I mean I watch all three movies, then I watch all the all of the. Um, added stuff and then i watch all three movies again with commentaries commentary? and there are two commentaries on all three movies oh that God. i watch so i i used to before i had kids i'd watch it for a month and a half mm. nothing but lord <laughs> of the rings because i would watch it for like two hours a day yeah yeah like i wouldn't sit in one well, yeah, it was just like thing, yeah um uh but I guess I guess that's sort of it. I yeah. mean, Star Wars. I'm sorry we haven't introduced any. I, like, there's a part of me that feels a little guilty about the podcast because I don't feel like we we've, we've introduced anything new into the into the fray. But I, it's is there anything new? Like, what do you say about Star Wars? It's good, man. Yeah. It's good, except that you have to accept. I would say, go ahead and watch the '97 special edition with good sound. The sound is awesome. If you can get the five one sound, the one thing that Lucas always does right is sound. The yeah, sound yeah. is fucking great. Um, so watch watch it with sound um, that is good. Watch it in surround if you can. Um, but uh, I would say accept it for being a, a a flawed. It's like a play. I, it's funny you should say that, but yeah. there, there's a lot of it where you go, that's plastic. Yeah. And you need to be able to go, that's plastic, that's a costume, that's a rubber mask, that's a set. You know, and deal with that and enjoy it for what it is. And if you do, you'll really like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, listen, I want to hear more from you guys. Um, I'm sure there are people out there listening right now. I want to hear your thoughts on Star Wars. If you disagree with anything we say, if you have thoughts on Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi, let us know. 
um, because I would love to put your thoughts into those podcasts. Uh, so if you, I still don't know if we have a pop-off email, um, <laughs> but you know what you can do? Go to the, uh, look up End Light Podcast Network and like us on Facebook. Um, and you can get some, uh, you definitely connect to us uh, that way. And for right now, you can also uh, uh, just email me at info at, info at ninjas win or nbz movie or ninjas versus vampires just look i'm not hard to find um <laughs> just if you want to look up trek off which is the other podcast the star trek podcast if you like star wars go check that out um uh kidney beans movie yep kidney beans movie.com is uh rj's movie and we also just uh joined the future of social networking and uh made a facebook page well uh, we so, just yeah. started myspace that'd be <laughs> yeah. awesome check us out on My- myspace um <laughs> Um, We've got a live journal. Oh, wow. That's awesome. <laughs> and, and a Zanga. <laughs> wow. Very good. Um, can you fax us, please? <laughs> that would be awesome. Write us a telegram. <laughs> um, so that's it uh, for uh, Pop Off. My name's Justin. And I'm RJ. Pop Off. Pop Off. Hope you enjoyed that episode of Pop Off. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and also go to endlightpodcast.com and listen to all of our free funny podcasts. That's endlightpodcast.com.